Ricky said that he thought that this could be uh, one of the more important episodes of Oh Captain, My Captain. And yeah. annoyingly, um, again, I think he's right. I think uh, you need to swap the roles in this podcast. <laughs> I think Ricky teaches Mark. <laughs> Welcome to the future. Shut your face. And Shut your face. Oh Captain, My Captain. Oh, captain, oh Ricky, My, my captain. Ricky. Ricky! Oh Captain, My Captain. Oh Captain, My Captain. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Uh, my name is Mark Olver. I'm here with uh, Ricky Masindo. Um, now, how are you, Ricky? I am great, Mark. How's it going? Do you know what? I'm all right. Now, I, I need to say something in the preamble today, and this is important, really, for two reasons. Uh, I'm having a new roof. Uh, I own a house. I'm having a new roof. Uh, there could be roof-based noises during this podcast now the reason this is important is number one i'm having a new roof and i'm having roof-based problems number two i'm having a new roof because i am a grown-up and this <laughs> is what happens when you become an adult ricky uh <laughs> someday i know we talk quite a lot about you being young but i know who the guest is today and i think if we were ever going to talk about me and you being different generations of comedian, today is the day to talk about the different generations and nothing sums it up more than me having to have a new roof. <laughs> You're so grown up. You're having your roof built and I literally live just underneath the roof in my house. I live in the attic. The reason that we're able to talk about the generations today is because we are talking about TikTok and social media and online sort of stuff. And so I don't know if, if we've talked about this in other episodes where you are actually the teacher and I am the student. Yeah. Um, we talked uh, with Finn Taylor last week about that idea that you are now taking over the mentor role. <laughs> um, but today has to be all about you because we're talking about a type of comedy that I think I know almost nothing about. So we have to try and work out. I think today you and Abby Clark, who is our guest, um, will be talking to me about kind of about the world of TikTok. The, why do you think this is an important thing for us to talk about? I think it's a very important thing, like for a lot of reasons, because I think the world is changing. There's no way to deny that. I mean, I think there will always be live performances. There will always be people who want to come and see live comedy, but we live in this ADHD world where people want entertainment now and now and now, and TikTok is essentially a manifestation of that. And some of the biggest comedians in the world right now are people who couldn't sell out arenas, but have millions of views online. And it'll be interesting to see how those two things meld in the future. Like even podcasts, podcasts are an extension of that really. Like the fact that you can listen to Off the Menu with James A. Cusser and Ed Gamble because you love them and then you'll go watch them live. Like it's that melding of the two worlds that I think will be interesting to see what happens in the future. What's really interesting about the way fame works now is that someone who's really famous to me won't necessarily be really famous to someone else who uses TikTok. Like everyone kind of has their own 
sphere of people they see as famous because it's so tailored to you and your personal experience. I used to think I knew all comedians. I used to think as a comedy fan, I knew them all. I used to think that I, uh, I was an expert on this stuff. I want to know for this episode of this podcast, and this, I think this one has already got a slightly different vibe because this is almost... I think you're going to hear me have an existential crisis <laughs> in the next hour. Um, I will try and stay positive and I will try and stay, but and I won't be grumpy because I'm really open-minded, but it confuses me so much that like, how do, how does someone become, how, how do you get that many followers? Where do you start getting that many followers? And is it important? Like for me, I know stand-up and I know you do open spots and then you learn how to do it. And then if someone likes you, they'll give you a hotel or some train fare and then they'll start paying you and you gradually build your way up and, and every level of stand-up. And that's what this podcast is really about is we'll do 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think each 10 episodes will be almost a rung on the ladder. Mm. And then when live gigs come back, we'll do another rung on the ladder and then another rung on the ladder and we'll start building and building and building. With TikTok and social media and YouTube, I don't even know if there's a ladder. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what the ladder looks like. Like, is it a, is it a, a, is it a lift? Is it an escalator? Is it a, a, an upside down fireman's pole? Like, I know nothing. I'm just you saying that has made me realize I don't even know what the ladder is. <laughs> it's so that's so interesting because I would say for the majority of people in existence, they have the opposite view. So stand up is this big shadowy thing of like, oh, how did how did you get to the point where you're just doing gigs and making money and stuff like that? But YouTube and TikTok and um instagram and stuff that is a very logical step-by-step process where it's it's kind of like and something that finn said on the last episode which is interesting was the fact that it's like the good thing about these social medias is that they've gotten rid of gatekeepers because it's essentially all you need is a phone to become a success but the bad thing about social media is it's gotten rid of of gatekeepers because it literally means anyone can blow up for pretty like stupid reasons like there are people on tiktok who will literally like just film themselves just eating snacks and reviewing them and they will blow up massively okay so so i uh i'm gonna disagree with you i'm gonna argue with you um it's annoying because we do this separately i can't throw stuff at you (laughs) but if i was i would throw stuff at you so because you're saying to me that the majority of people understand YouTube and social media success in the way that I, as part of the minority, understand how to do stand-up and that ladder in stand-up. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Now, I, I, again, I, again, I'm looking at stuff to throw at you because I disagree. <laughs> like, I disagree. Like, my... like. What, what what age are you putting age on this? Is this an age thing or is this an experience thing? In well, I think it's it's because show business in general, 
I think when most people see people on like Mock the Week or just doing stand-up comedy on Live at the Apollo, they see that as so far removed as someone performing at the O2 and being like a singer. Like they don't understand how did Taylor Swift get here? It almost seems like something that could just never happen and there's no actual road to getting there. But whereas, I guess it is also age related because if I asked my mum, how do you become famous on YouTube? She'd probably not know. But that could see it making more sense that you just start uploading stuff and then uh, hopefully eventually you find some success. The thing about this ladder, and and so I used to be a career advisor before becoming a a comedian and, and there are like GCSEs, A-levels, degrees, masters, PhDs, that's a ladder. So when you're a careers advisor, you see all this and you see these these things that build up and you know that a GNVQ is the equivalent of a GCSE and this type of apprenticeship is the equivalent of that type of degree. And so my brain has always worked in ladders. And being a stand-up, so we've got Jimmy Carr on. Uh, I think next week we're going to put that episode on. I started doing my open spots with Jimmy and I was there the first time Jimmy got paid to be a headliner. I gave Jimmy one of his first paid headlining gigs in Bristol. Wow. So I actually saw the ladder in action. Do you know what I mean? I actually saw Jimmy take that step and I was there, you know, when Jimmy was getting bits of telly and his Edinburgh shows and, and Russell Howard. I mean, we, we would literally, share bunk beds in rooms where he was kind of building up his career and we all were. And so Mm. I've seen it happen. Yeah. But I've never seen it happen in the world of social media. And it, Mm. it blows Mm. my mind that, that this is something that is part of my world and I've not got a clue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's such, it is and it isn't a part of the world because I think live stand-up is never going anywhere. People will always want live stand-up comedians. But if the UK becomes anything like America, what will end up happening, in my opinion, is it'll come to a point where it's like people will see live stand-up comedians and they'll become massive fans of those live stand-up comedians. But they won't necessarily want to see them all the time live. Like they might be like, oh, wow, I wish that this person had a sketch YouTube channel or a TikTok YouTube channel or something like that. Because uh, because it's essentially, it's in such, if you see it in like terms of business terms and like standing out and stuff like that, it's such a crowded market that like what Jimmy said when he came on, you have to essentially work on your specific skills and what you're good at. And one of those things that you could do is social media, is being good at, like Abby is, who's about to come on, at doing sketches and doing like little videos. That that kind of thing is massive for my generation. One of the things that I like to do with uh, with O Captain, my captain, is sort of show the working while we're here because people can see what we're talking about and we like to be transparent we like to for people to know what's going on i think that's the most helpful thing how many people listen into this and let's hope people listen to all 10 of this first series about the different process about the different things that you need to do 
to become a stand-up, agents and finding your voice and writing and the reading list that we do. How important do you think this one is to people? And how many people, basically, is this the episode people can skip past? Is this the one that people can go, oh, yeah, that's not for me. I'm just going to. Is this is this an important one? Yes. I would say this is probably one of the most important ones. Because in this one, we're not talking about how to get into stand-up or how to be better at stand-up. We're, I guess, talking about the future of comedy, like generally. <laughs> like generally. Because it's like... okay. If I don't know what the numbers are or anything like that, but I would bet someone like Abby in in the future or maybe even now, some of her stuff gets more views than some episodes of some panel comedy shows, for example. So it's like if once you get to people who can literally attract millions and millions of views on their own, it kind of becomes this thing where people have to start paying attention to that because that's where the money is. Oh, okay. And we are joined at this time by Abby Clark. Hi, Clarky. I didn't know where this is short. I was like, are they just chatting or is this well, the podcast? Do you know what? Podcast, isn't it? Hi. This is the podcast. It all goes in. I feel like I walked in on something. Hello. Oh, yeah. You, do you know what you've walked in on, Abby Clark? Um, you've walked in on Mark Olver's um, existential crisis. Uh, Mark Olver's uh, breakdown. Uh, <laughs> so this whole podcast, it's all about getting better at stand-up, Ricky learning how to do stand-up, um, and we've talked about agents, and I know me and you, Abby, have talked about agents. Yes. Oh, golly. We've talked about writing, we've talked about finding your voice, we've talked about all that sort of stuff. And today, we are talking about social media and putting content on social media and that's your bag, right? I'm your gal, apparently, accidentally, but I'm doing it now, so. Okay, so let me ask you this. You say accidentally. Yeah. Did it happen during lockdown? Did it start in lockdown? Yeah, basically. I mean, I, I obviously don't accidentally create sketches. <laughs> <laughs> that's real talent, if so. Quite a lot of personal effort goes into that. Um, yeah, so I actually, like, I wrote my first sketch before lockdown but I originally did it like a competition thing that I was going to get a load of my other female comedian friends to like act in it with me and we were going to submit it to the funny women shorts competition or whatever um but getting everyone in the same room at the same time and then also thinking about how I'd film it and stuff it just never happened um and I eventually just went oh, I'm just gonna play all the parts myself <laughs> um and I kind of did it because I was wanting to I don't know I was just like I feel like my audience is on Instagram like I just felt that way of just young women in their 20s who are self-confessed basic bitches I was like they're on Instagram yeah I'm gonna go find them because I was doing a lot of gigs to men in their 50s who didn't care about the sims and it just wasn't for me no I mean I enjoyed it <laughs> I, I had jokes for them but there were certain jokes I couldn't do in certain areas of the country. And so I was like, well, I could do them online to the Instagram people. Um, but yeah, I think I did three sketches before lockdown, but I wasn't really getting anywhere because I think on Instagram, especially it's like, um, if they don't follow you, 
they don't see your content. So it was kind mm. of just, I posted three sketches and my friends really enjoyed them, but it was kind of, didn't really get past there. Apart from when I uploaded one to BBC Upload and then that one did quite well. And I think that's what gave me the confidence. And then- Can you give me, because you are talking to someone, so this whole thing is meant to be, I meant to be Ricky's inspirational teacher. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and we have decided for this one that I am absolutely unqualified to be Ricky's inspirational teacher with the world of social media. So, <laughs> so you've outsourced. I, I've, I pretty much, well, I, every episode of Oh Captain, My Captain, we outsource. <laughs> but today I'm outsourcing my role as teacher to Ricky and yeah. I am now um, argumentative child at the back of the room. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Okay. So I'm hoping that I will be the voice of the person that doesn't understand much about this because... I don't understand that. So when you say they don't do very well, have you got numbers? Have you got like, like from some of the first sketches? Can you remember going? Can you remember being impressed when 10 people liked a sketch? Um, I mean, I always had a bit more than 10. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, there you go. So what are we talking? What are we talking? Not, not to brag, but I do have more than 10 acquaintances. Um, okay, so what are we talking? What numbers are we talking? I think like a hundred likes um okay which was like really it was still really good for me like it was still like as in like i could acknowledge when it happened like people like these sketches i did i saw that my friends or people who i went to uni with but don't talk to that much anymore liked the sketches and were like this is really relatable this is really funny but just algorithm wise um it's a bit different now because they have reels i'll explain that later um <laughs> but, <laughs> but just like in, in an in-grid post um it, it's hard to get exposure past people who just already follow you because they know you um yeah. and then basically i posted my first sketch on tiktok literally in february like right before lockdown um and that has an algorithm that people don't have to follow you to see your content and the video just like blew up and so then when lockdown hit right after that i was like right okay let's let's do more sketches basically and then and then it blew up i tried to explain the for you page on one of the last podcasts yeah. and that was an absolute <laughs> nightmare yeah i don't understand the for you page i don't, I don't think anyone understands it no nah. we just trust it with our hopes and dreams <laughs> <laughs> when you say you put a sketch on mm. last february which sketch was that so it was actually the first sketch sketch, <laughs> sketch i ever wrote it was the girl group chat one so it was about it was me play, playing loads of fbi agents trying to work out if this guy liked her back being like oh he didn't answer for an hour and he was in a photo with an unidentified female they don't have the same surname so we can rule out the sibling theory like all those using like really cop drama nice lingo um but and you put that on tiktok yeah well so technically oh. i've only put half of it on tiktok <laughs> Because, so I was making sketches that were like two to three minutes. I mean, making sketches. I made three sketches that were two to three minutes. Um, and so I didn't think I could put them on TikTok because TikTok only lets you have a minute. Um, and then because people just liked that sketch, I was like, oh, I'll just try putting it up like part one, part two. And it turns out that like part one was enough and they didn't actually need the, the ending, just the concept. <laughs> <laughs> like the concept of the joke and the sketch was enough and people found that really relatable and just part one blew up without part two and so then I was like oh 
I can put it on TikTok. And then and then I just started writing minute long ones anyway. Um how does feel and um, Ricky and Abby, you are allowed because I, I like both of you. I know both of you in real life. Um I give both of you gigs. You are absolutely allowed to patronize the fuck out of me. <laughs> okay, so don't worry. Okay. I've got I've got big broad shoulders. When you say things blow up, like mm. did you you made this video? Yeah. And then you uploaded it to TikTok on your phone or on like a laptop? I edited it on a laptop. Um but then I send it to my phone and I upload from And my... then you press the button. Mm. Did that did you then wake up the next day and you were a TikTok superstar? Like when you say it blew up, did you go to bed and go, oh, I'm a little bit tired now. Oh, mum, wake me up at nine. I've got, I've got to go. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, holy shit, something weird has happened. Like, is that how it happens? Yeah, basically. Wow. I, didn't, I, I didn't wake up as TikTok superstar. <laughs> I went... I went from, I think, like 50 followers to like 2,000, um, yeah. which wasn't like compared to other blow ups I've had since have been like so much bigger. But at the time it was like, what? Um, yeah. And it was also it was like, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like my phone has like gotten used to the amount of notifications. And so it only shows you like so many. But it was like before my phone was used to that. So it was just like notification, 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 like just like. I remember going to work that morning and like just I always put my phone just sneakily on by the till <laughs> um, and like it was just flashing constantly with TikTok notifications um, and I, I was just I, I didn't really want to say anything because it sounded like bragging but I just my co-workers just being like I'm getting a lot of notifications <laughs> um, but like I just kind of want you to see it rather than me tell you just <laughs> Um, but you must have been absolutely buzzing right yeah it was exciting and it was also it was just nice to know that yeah people beyond just my friends or fellow known comedians liked the sketch I think just knowing that you really had like hit um that relatable chord which like I felt Mm. like I had it was almost people going yes you're normal Abby us too (laughs) Um, (laughs) we understand yeah it was great self-affirmation um yeah but I mean the Eurovision video is the one that I proper went to bed with this was on Instagram I went to bed literally that night I'd celebrated hitting 4,000 followers I did like a big post being like this has been a huge goal I'm so happy and then I woke up the next morning and I had a message from my friend going did you have 11k followers last night <laughs> and I was like what and I, I went on my Instagram and it was suddenly in the like k's where like they, they have to bring in letters um and that was the most mental one I think where I was just like wait that's literally changed overnight um have I chosen the wrong person to help with Ricky because Ricky Ricky's not fucking blown up like <laughs> Where are you investing, Mark? I got you early, Mark. You're tied into this. There's no going anywhere. Why, why is Ricky disappointed me so much? Why is Ricky never... She's too successful for this podcast. Miss the boat, Mark. <laughs> okay, so I've seen you do stand-up, yes. and you are funny. You're new. Oh, my God. Uh, but you, but you're, you're funny. But you, you are still quite new to stand-up, yeah. right? You've not been doing stand-up for how long? I think I'd done it like a year and two months before lockdown then 
interrupted. Exactly. So yeah. just over just over a year yeah. in real terms, really. And I like your sketches, and I do. Uh, I message you every now and then, just checking up on your parents and making sure that that they're all right. And they are not... allowed to leave the house. So. Yeah. Okay. Because I worry <laughs> about them. Um, but how how are you? Blow up in the middle of the night. Shit loads of notifications. Like, do you know what you do that's different? And can we learn from what you do? Uh, you know the, the story with me me and TikTok. You know that I put some cans of Fanta up there. I wouldn't say you've nailed it yet. <laughs> and I, I, I thought to myself, I thought to myself, Abby Clark, she's done this. Some, she decided what she thought was funny. It's on TikTok. And and now her Instagram is exploding. And so I thought, well, I think buying some cans of Fanta. And, <laughs> uh, and I got 22 followers. That's good for Fanta. Famous in your own right. <laughs> like I said, Ricky and Abby, I am not afraid of being patronised. <laughs> What's the difference between my cans of Fanta and your Eurovision thing or... The uh, the FBI sketch with the girls. Like, why do some things work and some things don't? Yeah, I mean, I think for the sketches especially, I think what works in my experience is being observational and relatable. Like, I think in like internet content, if there's relatability in it, even if it's not that they personally relate, but they recognise it or they know someone like it or whatever that's what makes a video go viral because like so I've always said I think someone told it to me and then I've just like held on to it but like a video should let people say either um that's so you that's so me that's so us or that's so true and if it says one of those four things it will probably do well because oh, so could you do those four things one at a time so what's the yeah. first one so that's so you okay so so my fanta it's not really me. It's not really me. <laughs> so that's what you basically you want those four things to be something someone can comment on the video because if someone's yeah. comment because basically those are the comments that people tag their friends or they share to a group chat or they share to their Instagram story because they're going I so I'd either go at Ricky this video is so you or no one's doing that with Fanta. Okay, that's one. <laughs> no. um, I, but if I saw a Fanta video, I would tag you mark and i go mark this is so you yeah but that's because i would be the one that made it but it's, it's a singular <laughs> audience um, yeah I'm like, this is so you or or yeah or you're saying to a friend oh my god isn't this so me and then they go yeah yeah that's not my fantasy um this is so true is yeah so like if for example my jill and tracy sketches is often people going oh. i have a jill and tracy in my office so it's not necessarily them but they're going this is true I've seen this. Um, that's but, not my fanta either. Or that's so us is like the group chat one where you'd send it to your girl group chat and go, this is what we do. Um, and basically, like, I try and make my sketches fit one of those. And mm. if it does, I feel confident that it's going to do well because it's always going to be shared or had people t tagged in it. Um, and that's generally what I think makes it good um and also just like investing in it i think as well like i think people are really scared to put loads of effort in because they're like but then what if it fails 
but equally if you only put half the amount of effort in it will fail <laughs> so mm. what was the point anyway <laughs> um do you want to know how much effort i put into the fantasy <laughs> i feel like not much <laughs> <laughs> that's the weird thing because effort on tiktok sometimes correlates with doing well but mm. sometimes if you just put the bare minimum effort but you probably hit one of those four things yeah. you can still do well there's definitely like low budget or like I, I when i say invest i definitely don't mean invest in like yeah equipment and stuff like that yeah. i mean i mean just as in like how much you're invested in it i think yeah, yeah. um and like yeah basically doing your best and even if you're doing just like a talk to camera one and it goes a bit wrong like do another take is even that level of investing but equally yeah some things just go viral because they hit the that's so true so hard that it doesn't even matter about what it looks like or whatever um yeah but it's the same with stand-up is when you have those great jokes that everyone recognizes and then you get the applause or whatever because they're like oh my god yes <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's kind of the same thing i think and um and yeah like you always want it to look effortless i think some that look effortless actually might not have been effortless but you just think they mm, were that is true that is true that is a good point i think successful content you don't want it to look like you've tried too hard <laughs> um, yeah the other thing I mean, I don't know if this is another thing to add on to those four, but the thing that I see doing well as well is things that create outrage, like things that hit a nerve on people. Because I've posted, I've posted jokes on TikTok where it's just things from my stand-up that I just put straight, it's just straight onto TikTok, just like a 20 second thing. And then I'll come back and there'll just be hundreds of people just arguing in the comments just starting an argument about something that Ooh. i had no idea had i was sitting like i made a comparison between um because i had a i did a tiktok video where i had a welsh friend who essentially uh said that he like he apologized to me for everything that the uk did to zimbabwe or whatever and then i made a comparison saying that the welsh were the first people to be colonized or something <laughs> and it was just a stupid joke put that on tiktok I found it funny. And then people started debating Welsh independence in the comments. Oh my God. And that, and that like video blew up because pe apparently I hit a nerve in the Welsh community of TikTok. What? Yeah, I don't really have any experience with that because I think I keep my online stuff pretty PG, um, which I, like, is a purposeful choice. I think a lot of people do go for more the outrage. Like I see a lot of people do videos where they respond to hate comments. Mm. which I think just encourages them because you're going, oh, hey, look, this is how you get attention and get noticed mm. by me. Um, yeah. So I, I don't personally think it's the best way to go, but I mean, sometimes, yeah, it does work. I've only, like, I re only recently had, like, proper arguments blow up in my comments and I hated it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I was just like, I don't want this to be a place for arguments. And also, you feel when they argue, like, neither side is going to convince the other differently mm. you're just upsetting yourselves and wasting energy on these people and exactly yeah. yeah but when you talk about those when you talk about those four pillars if you want about resonating if something like ricky's welsh joke mm. is getting is making people argue that is still resonating like that's the point it's yeah. still it might not it might not feel ricky like one of the four things that uh, that Abby has said, 
but actually it is because what you're saying, Abby, and it's very much like the way that observational comedy works on stage. As yeah, well. like I, I yeah. it's still you've pointed out something that people can still say that's so true to. So it is still mm, yeah, that one is of true, those actually. things. That is it's, true. It's, yeah. it's something people recognise as oh yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. It, it is just observational, basically. One of the things that we have not, one of the words that we've not mentioned during this conversation, mm. um, we've talked about algorithms, we've talked about numbers, we've not really talked about funny. Like, we've not, <laughs> Man, it's like, not important. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you're a funny person. Um, mm. Your sketches are funny, your stand-up is funny, you are funny to chat to, but... Is funny is funny less important than some of the other stuff? I mean, like sometimes I do think it is. I I don't think so. Like I always because I see my content because stand up's always been the priority to me, and the social media was always to um, support that. I kind of see like my pages as like a portfolio, so I always want everything to be the same standard of like yeah, funny to show that to I don't know if TV people looked at my profile or so like I want to be like here's my portfolio here are my jokes this is my standard of writing but I do think that online almost observational and relatable it can outweigh actually having good jokes um mm. like I have seen videos where yeah they don't even really make a joke about it it might not even be hugely original but just by pointing it out that gets shares and likes just because people recognise it and relate to it. Uh, so if we go back to the thing about the Fanta, yeah. <laughs> what was really interesting, because I would talk about this process in stand-up, and I don't know if both of you have, have heard it, but the funniest part of that is when I, at the beginning, say to people, you know you go into a news agent and they've got all the different types of Fanta. <laughs> That's just a funny observation yeah. because people go, oh, shit, I know those yeah. sorts of things. So should I have not bothered doing the stupid filters and stuff and just gone into a shop and gone, ha ha, look at all the Fanta and that. I mean, I feel like that still might not have quite hit enough of a relatability cause. <laughs> but equally, like you do see some stuff go viral online that you are like, why has this gone viral? I, do, I don't there's a lot of online content I don't back um yeah and a lot of online content I think where people do say that their content is comedy and actually you watch the video and there's no gags there are no gags they haven't and I think I find it frustrating because <laughs> I spend days over my script like gotta get the gags in um but their observation has been enough just to to fight for people to share it or tag someone in it um be because it is relatable or observe something that people have enjoyed and I think the video will always do better if you have got the gags but equally I don't think gags come first which is yeah yeah no it's it's uh it's really it TikTok has some crazy things that go viral like one of my one of the first yeah. videos I watched on TikTok was this guy over lockdown who was talking about how he had gone a month without drinking fizzy drinks so every day he would come on and be like, no fizzy drinks for me today. And like everyone would just check in every day to see if today he'd finally broken and mm -hmm. actually drunk the fizzy drinks. And there were no jokes. He was just deadpan talking to the camera. And he had like a million followers. I think that, yeah, I think 
things people like long running things are always good as well having like a series that people follow you for or like i followed a load of people who just clean their pools just because like yeah they'd be like day one of cleaning my pool and i was like i want to see that pool when it's clean <laughs> so i followed um it's nice sometimes when i realize that your basic bitch stuff isn't just a character oh no <laughs> i've gone full method do uh you you said that tiktok and social media stuff was a way of giving you a portfolio for the stand-up and stand-up was always the priority. Is stand-up now that it's still the priority? Like, does that stay as the most important thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, although I've had success with the sketch and stuff, it's not... I don't enjoy it as much as stand-up. I think mm. it, it is hard how much prep and work and being the writer director actor editor also overthinker perfectionist um all at the same time and you put yeah you put also much and then you put it out then also that material's then burnt and you don't get the satisfaction of the live reaction either you mm. kind of you get people go ha 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 but they could have typed that with a completely stone face <laughs> they probably did <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't know it doesn't it doesn't give me that like joy standard gave me it, it's, it's a great I think it's a great way to yeah showcase what I can do and I enjoy it for that but I don't actually like enjoy <laughs> the process as much as I do as just going on stage telling my jokes and getting the immediate reaction and also getting to have like the relationship and chatting like the thing I'm enjoying most about social media is actually like doing like Instagram stories where I get to like just chat and people reply to me in comments and you like build a relationship and you build like in jokes with your followers and that's kind of a bit like stand-up as well where you can like build an in joke throughout the night and you have your little call back and stuff like that so I still definitely prefer that and I kind of see the the sketches mm. as just a way to showcase like hey this is me I can do all these other things as well um and I think it has worked for that which is great and they can go mm. nicely alongside each other are you um are you minted now are you incredibly <laughs> rich like could you stop doing a tiktok video and uh, retire on your earnings forever and ever no. <laughs> because that's because the, the thing about stand-up and i don't really think we've talked about money properly have we ricky apart from maybe in the agents issue yeah no we haven't really spoken about money you do a a weekend club gig um even some of the best club gigs in the country the money is around about 250 quid uh to compare or to close one of those gigs and and that's at the top end you know and and lots of comedy in this country if you're offered 150 quid 200 quid you're like oh yeah i'll take that and you'll drive there and you pay your own travel and sometimes you get a hotel but sometimes you won't like Ah, uh, and I don't want you don't have to talk about your own money, but are TikTokers richer than stand up comedians, or are some I'm guessing very few TikTokers are as rich as Jimmy Carr or Michael McIntyre? Yeah, so maybe KSI, I've heard of him, <laughs> that famous TikToker. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't heard you haven't heard of KSI. Oh no. Should I Oh see this this is actually perfect. We were talking about this in the preamble. How <laughs> some people 
if I saw KSI on the street, I'd be like, oh my God, it's KSI. He's one of the most famous people in the world. But some people would have never heard of him. Have you whatsoever. heard of Charlie Diam- Diamelo? No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like she might be richer than Jimmy Carr. Well, as rich. Oh, okay. But is she now doing like proper telly and stuff? No, no. She is just a TikTok. She, so she doesn't do comedy. She just does dancing and being fit. <laughs> um... Which is the side of TikTok we haven't talked about is trends, um, and also TikTok just is a is a sucker for people who can't dance, attempting dance trends. They love it. Um, like that's how my parents' thing did well. Is that's a trend? People love to see parents getting involved. Um, but yeah, so she she just does trends and dances. She does. Very little. I mean, I can't speak for what she did originally, but what's her? Um, uh, what's her name? I'm going to Google her name and net worth mm. and see what. I'm happens. really worried. I've, I say it wrong. It's Charlie Diamelo. She's like the most famous TikToker, I'd say. Charlie Diamelo got her. Okay, here we go. Net worth. Um, the answer is um, <laughs> at sixteen. Um, is she only 16? She is a teenager. I think she's older than 16 now, though. Yeah. She currently has an estimated net worth of $8 million. $8 million. She's not as rich as Jimmy Carr. No. I thought, because she's like, her whole family are like now famous because of her as well. Oh, to be her twin. What a great career. Um... <laughs> but then again, you have to also consider that Charlie's been going for a couple of years. Like, she hasn't even been going for that long. Mm. And she's already made that. Like, extend that yeah. a few more years. And she's, like... And if she does a proper YouTube channel and all that stuff, she's already almost a household name. No, she's not already a household name, Ricky. Oh, but she is. No, she really isn't. <laughs> yeah, she is. Ask anyone under the age of 35. <laughs> I'm Okay, maybe not that. Maybe, like, 28. <laughs> 35. Maybe 28. <laughs> Okay, fine. I'm doing this. <laughs> my uh, my lodger is in the garden. The, the lodger whose Zoom you're using? Yes, my lodger, Matt Ewins, is in the garden. <laughs> he is 32 years old. Matt, have you heard of Charlie Diamelo? No, there you go. Matt is 32, uh, has not heard of Charlie Diamelo. Okay, maybe female though. <laughs> yeah, no, TikTok, it's weird because I think I would say the famous people on TikTok are probably on average in their early 20s but the people who properly are into it are in their like mid-teens i think charlie is an exception in how big she is and how young she is i don't know there's quite a lot of i think it's very american i think it's much bigger yeah in america i think it only really came to england during lockdown to be honest but yeah, um yeah, I think so some too. of the american tiktok stars are huge over there <laughs> um no, that's true actually and and that is true and i think what they earn per second of video is probably like insanity compared to you know um jimmy carr doing an hour of television yeah he can probably earn in doing 10 seconds on tiktok um, or something so a couple of things number one mm. you mentioned people in their 20s and you know how i feel about people in their early 20s they can absolutely fuck off uh number <laughs> two not a fan and of them. Out. not a fan of them 
and I don't know the age of people who listen to this podcast, but I know we get lots of people in their 20s, but I also know we get stand-ups who've been going for a little bit of time. Like, is there, a, is there an upper age limit where it's just not working? Like, is there an, like, if I did all those four things, if I invested, am I just too old to to do well yeah I don't know if I agree though I think you just need to know your audience I think that's what it is I think a lot of people just go and try and just market themselves to everyone or older people try and market themselves to younger people but actually I think a lot more older people are on TikTok than you think even just as like viewers and so if you target them as your audience I do think there is an audience for everything on TikTok you just have to like zone in on it is that like like mum tiktok is huge there's so many mums who like um i did like a photo shoot the other day and yeah like four of us were kind of in our 20s and then another one she she was a mum who did comedy for mums and they love her because she's so relatable and funny and also quite um uh like dry um and then and, and obviously there's a lot of mums on TikTok probably just trying to keep them an eye on what their kids are seeing who who also want content for them. So, like, I, I really don't think there is a limit, really. But you just have to know who you're marketing to, because I yeah, probably not 20 year old women are going to be super into the relatable content of a 50 year old man. We had a. Uh, Finn Taylor on last week um, and Finn is 32 uh, he's a stand up um, gets bits of telly he uh, uh, TikTok Ooh. made him angry it makes a lot of people <laughs> angry Well, it, I, but does it make people angry because because we don't understand it like I do I do think that I think people who hate on TikTok haven't given it a fair go in all like mm. it is frustrating i think it is a frustrating app i think all online stuff's frustrating because sometimes you can make a really good video and it doesn't take off and sometimes that does just happen um but i do think more of the time like it will reward you um mm. i think it's just knowing what you want from it and who you're targeting with it um and 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 finding a thing as well sometimes really helps um like I, there's one girl who just she did ones like she found um it was like a hotline to support people who worked in um i can't remember the word but you know like retail or in a restaurant and she does a really friendly i think she has like a northern accent she's like quite like a Sarah Miller combined she's like okay pop me on love let me talk to them and she's like right so I hear you're giving this waitress a hard time and she does a really like quite like dry sassy response you want to give to those people in a really friendly like northern way and it's great and I followed her because I was just like I just want more and more of those videos in different scenarios and stuff like that and it just does not matter how old she is for that kind of video if you get what I mean yeah because she she's mm. found a thing that's I guess that's the that's so true that people everyone hates that customer and they enjoy what and she found a character I guess and that's completely not age specific I don't think my Jill and Tracy ones are at all to do with my age I do other ones that are very relatable to people in their 20s but 
there, there is comedy you can do that I really don't think matters how old you are. Yeah, I find I find with TikTok. So I asked you like a few months ago, oh, Abby, I'm starting TikTok. Can you help me out? And like since then, it has just been like an exhausting journey of putting out content. So I, I've got like, I think 17,000 followers now. Nice. But I'm, I'm at the stage where if I put a video up, so I put one a few days ago, it got like 300 views. But I put one last week and it got like in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know what, I don't know what they want from me. What do you, they want from me? I think that's like a good and bad thing about TikTok is that like it does, it does treat every video as a video of its own, which is quite good in the fact that like it, it does kind of try to reward it based on you know the quality of the content rather than just because someone's famous if you get what i mean it's not like your for you page is just full of charlie diamelo because she's got millions of followers you can see someone's video who has zero followers because it's a really good video um so like that's good but it is yet equally frustrating because sometimes mm. a video doesn't take off and you're like but my last one did or i've spent days on this one why is it not taken off but i would say also never delete a video because sometimes they mm. take off like a month later because on TikTok, yeah, like the yeah. algorithm is like constantly showing your video past when you post it. Like I had videos that were so slow at the start and are now in the like, I, I think it was like two weeks later, suddenly was in like the millions of views. And, I, and it was one that I was kind of sad about before because I was like, I think it was a Jill and Tracy one where I was like, people men are like Jill and Tracy. I spent so long. <laughs> like, I spent so long on that one and it's just gotten nothing. And then, yeah, like a few weeks later, suddenly people spotted it and it like did really well. So it's like constantly, but I do think, yeah, if you've got more followers, you start to get likes just from people checking your page. But yeah. The For You page is what like, um, is the difference between having a few thousand likes from your followers and getting it into the hundred Ks and stuff like that, which I don't, yeah. which isn't reliant on followers, basically, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think TikTok is like probably the best and worst social media. Cause it's like, I think it's the least toxic. Mm. I think. Yeah. I think it's the most positive platform. Yeah. Like there's, it's the least doom scrolly depressing yeah people arguing even yeah like yeah. i do think it's a positive space where people like like to celebrate people and yeah. friends and things they like do you, do you have a youtube channel i do i don't use it well um <laughs> i basically just share all my sketches on there as well just put it everywhere um oh, interesting and yeah i should do more with it what what is doing more what? with a youtube channel this is it this is well like posting specifically youtube videos um so a bit longer in landscape um i don't know I, yeah I, I think i think i'm slightly afraid because i've built my profile so much with sketches i'm also if i'm like sort of afraid that people don't want anything else like i'm, I'm scared to i don't know do a bit of vlogging or do I don't know other uh, other things because I feel like they only want sketches, but equally that's not sustainable because <laughs> each sketch takes like two weeks. So you've put stand up on though. You've I've seen clips of your stand up on on TikTok and and all sorts before. Yeah, yeah. I I put I've put little bits up. Does that do well? 
it's good if it has a specific audience like so Andrew White's TikTok's done um stand up on TikTok's done really well and I think it's because he has a very a lot of the clips he puts up um are very specifically for the LGBTQ community and are very relatable to them and very well observed and and so there's this huge audience that love those clips of stand up and like I I I uploaded a bit of stand up because I it's basically I don't want to burn through my material <laughs> um, <laughs> and and also I want people to come see me live that's the point um so I don't want to give them all my best jokes and then they come to live and they're like we've heard this um so I kind of either put up jokes I'm done with or I try and film and if there's any like crowd work or something a bit different that happens I post like those moments and I post a moment where like I think it was one of your gigs actually Mark when like a 14 year old turned up and I was talking a lot about sex and stuff um and I just mentioned Twilight I didn't do my Twilight joke I just mentioned Twilight as like because I was going into that bit and I just posted the bit with the 14 year old because it was very funny and that went I think that got like into the millions or whatever and it, I didn't even tell a joke in it <laughs> but people were like she mentioned Twilight <laughs> and that was that was enough it's insane they were like oh my god tell us the joke what was the joke Twilight 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 um and yeah so I think basically when I go back I'm just going to film every gig and so that if any moment of crowd work or heckle or anything happens I can put up those bits rather than actual material um like when I the last gig I did at Mr Wolf's downstairs um I had a a boy I dated in the front row oh I've seen that clip <clears throat> yeah and and that turned into a beautiful little clip for the internet um <laughs> that that made four TikToks that did part one part two part three and four um and it made a great Instagram video as well and so like stuff like that happening people love it people love a heckler video or a crowd work video to be honest um Let's say so. You're not Charlie the Thingy, uh, no. <laughs> um, and you're not one of the. You're not KSI, my mate KSI. Um, but let's say you are. Uh, I'll pick a number. Let's say you're eighty percent there to being a uh, big TikToker. Like you, you've got lots of people follow you. You do loads of sketches. Uh, let's let's call it eighty percent. Where do you feel that you are on your journey to be a stand-up? Like if if you're eighty percent there in the world of TikTok, mm. where would your percentage be in the world of of stamp? I mean, I'm still very early. Like, it's quite nerve wracking, I think, because um, I feel like I've lost the ability to appear from nowhere now. Um, like, I guess you you watch all the document, or at least I do. I'm a nerd. Um, we watch the documentaries about Michael McIntyre and stuff, and it's like. He was on the circuit for six years and then never, he appeared from nowhere because he'd been practicing. I don't know. So it does worry me that because it's kind of like, oh, God, have I built the audience too soon? I want to practice. <laughs> um, so I, I just really want to get back to new material nights and, and building up my um, material as much as possible. But I equally do think that the stand-up stuff has... And the online stuff has made me a better stand-up, weirdly. Um, well, not weirdly. I think it makes a lot of sense. Because, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's given me the confidence way more to be like, oh, okay, no, I am funny and I am relatable and this is content 
or ways of thinking or whatever that really there is an audience for. Um, but equally, just things like doing my Instagram stories or whatever has gotten me so used to just chatting and just trying a little joke within chatting and see if you get a response from it. And that that kind of more loosey-goosey <laughs> kind of confident that your thought is funny rather than, you know, being like, oh, I can only do the script of the same jokes all the time. Yeah, I mean, stand up. Um, Stand-up is a confidence game. You know, stand-up mm. is you walk mm. on stage with a little bit of swagger. Um, you make the audience believe that you believe you're funny. You know, you can you make the audience believe that you're having a good time and that you're enjoying it up there. They're yeah. more likely to have a good time. And so those people... That and that's we... the same with social media as well, I think. Absolutely. Like, I get such a positive response just from it looking like I'm having fun, even if I'm not... <laughs> um if, if people people like that and yeah it's just, it definitely has just made me more confident and also I think it's made me really clarify my persona as well I think before lockdown I was really stuck between whether I was this sassy hair flicking like I don't know wannabe cheerleader or something because I think yeah there's the basic bitch thing I was like oh so I should go bitchy and then actually what does better is when I'm really kind of dorky and silly but with the relatability of wanting to be that girl I guess um mm. and then and yeah and I was starting to find that just for lockdown and I think yeah doing social media and finding that people like my natural persona that that kind of, it's like it's just cleared all that up so much more and yeah so I'm excited to get back to stand up and I do think I will have had a big improvement just from that. See, that's really interesting because we did the episode last week with Finn Taylor and we are talking about comic voices and finding your voice. <coughs> and I never once thought, and Ricky, I don't even think we mentioned in that, in that chat about finding your voice online, you know, finding your voice through social media, no. finding your voice in, in other ways, because, because as standups, you know, I've been gigging for 22 years. I mean, you know, the thing about this podcast is, that I've been gigging for longer than Ricky's been alive, which is just <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my god! I know, but, but <laughs> yeah, welcome to the future. But for but for eighteen of those twenty-two years or whatever, social media hasn't been important. You know, at the beginning of mm. it, it was important because we thought let people know where gigs are or find out where gigs are. But in terms of content and stuff, absolutely. Absolutely not, you know. And but hearing you talk about finding your voice on social media, finding your voice through Instagram or your tweets, it makes total sense because comedy is about stage time and comedy is about gig miles and getting out there and creating. The more you create, the better you will be. As a stand-up, we just think that just refers to going on a good gigs, shitty gigs, new app nights, new material nights, whatever. But you're totally right that it's about putting your voice out there because then you will, it'll help you find it. Yeah. And and finding people that really mm. like that voice and appreciate it. And I think it is the thing that I think comedy's always had of saying stuff that other people feel like they can't say, but then they are so relieved that you've said it. Like, 
I think I just like was us talking about like discharge on a story or something but like for them <laughs> to see me talking so it's like carefree or just like being really silly about it it's so similar to stand up that they were just like either it makes them laugh or they're like so glad to see someone like owning this and I think it is yeah it's that relatability of kind of we all worry about these things like so much of my stand-up is th things that I overthink and worry about because I always did want to be that cool girl but let's be honest none of us actually are <laughs> um and so that persona I mean, is so yourself, much more <laughs> but but yeah and finding that people want that voice online it, it relates just to as much people want that voice on stage as well it, it's 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 still the same general public isn't it um and people have seen that voice and persona online and now want to come watch it live which is i think like it feels like they're your mate i guess what role do you think like social media is going to have in the future with like stand-up comedy i don't know it's hard to say because i don't know what's going to happen with stand-up yeah i mean we all hope it's just going to go back exactly the same i guess but i do think there's a huge gap in the market which I, which is what i kind of acknowledged right at the start even before i knew it was possible to actually like go viral get, i did see a gap of that a lot of comedians don't really use social media or aren't very good at it like it's really ironic that loads of comedians are actually very private mm. people even though they go on stage and share their life um and I recognised myself yeah. as like, okay, well, I am a young girl who loves Instagram and loves using it and is good at using it. And I'm also a comedian. I can do both. And I think they serve each other so perfectly as well. Um, that I, I think there's just such a room for that to be a thing. Like, and I don't think people are taking full advantage of it. Um, and yeah, I, I, like I see Russell Kane do it. He does like bits of stand up just on his story, just to see if there's anything in it, see if you get any reactions from it. Um, but yeah, he'll just like talk to the camera. And I guess that's such a good way of just trying out jokes. I'm not quite brave enough to do that yet, but um, yeah, I, I think it could have a big part in it. And I think it gives you that opportunity to like get to know comedians more. And I do think the more they know you and feel like they're your mate, the more pay, like payoff you're going to get in a gig as well. Yeah, and the better you get as well. And so we talk about we talk about social media, and we get so hung up on it. But actually, if you take out the media, the social bit of it, and you're just left with media, in the past comics would have columns in magazines. They still do. Comedians have mm. always done other stuff than just be on stage, whether they write books or write comic books or have radio uh, four programs or, you know, everything and anything people have always done aside to stand up and some stand ups and Finn Taylor is definitely one of them, but he rep and he'll be, he's happy with that because he said it out loud on the podcast. He cannot deny that, but Finn represents, I think lots of comedians probably slightly older comedians who aren't into it, who, can be a bit snobby about it but i think you're right i think TikTok, instagram youtube any of those things are just another way of expressing your funny yeah 100 percent. and building an audience and people who like your way of thinking and your way of, of t telling jokes like i think any joke you tell is going to have a better payoff when the audience feels like they know you and they know your way of thinking like it's it, it, it's why 
people are fans of comedians they've seen on telly because they feel like they know them and you, you feel like you know the way Catherine Ryan thinks and so then when she delivers a joke in that style I think has a payoff because of it um and social media is a way of kind of giving yourself that exposure without like the thing I love about social media or from what's happened to me this year is I haven't had to like ask or wait for anyone's permission um like I haven't had to enter a competition and hope my script mm. gets read or send emails out to many agents with a little clip being like please 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 or like I which I'm so used to having done since uni because bef even before I knew I wanted to do comedy I was looking at like theatre and directing and, act and it's, it's all about just apply for arts council funding or all that you're always just like asking for permission to make your thing whereas social media lets you make it put it in front of people without having to ask for permission like my content has been put in front of tv producers without me even knowing because do you know what i mean and so suddenly people are seeing my stuff people know i exist people are interested in me people want to yeah. read my scripts because they've seen that online stuff that i was able to just make myself because i wanted to and i didn't have to wait to make it it's what i always say about stand-up i love football and the reason i love football is because you can play football anywhere. You can play it in a park with, you know, famously jumpers for goalposts. And the reason I love stand-up is that it feels like the most democratic art form in the world because you don't even need proper staging yeah. and lighting and sound. You just need a corner yeah. of a room and some people. And it does feel like... Ricky, I've gone on the journey in this podcast. You really have. You've had, like, you've had a full yeah. character arc. It's the stand-up of online. <laughs> I've had a proper epiphany. I mean, I, I, and the thing is, but the thing is, I do, I do talk about this as a slight Luddite, but I've got a podcast and I've got a YouTube panel show. I'm not totally away from the world of social media and comedy. I just don't put things on Instagram that I've had, although sometimes I put a stupid picture on or, or stuff like that. Um, but I think you're right. I think you're absolutely spot on. And that's what I wanted this chat to be about, to let people know not just sort of how to do it in terms of tricks of the trade, for want of a better word, but to see if there is a use for it. And I mock Rick because I'm a purist. I'm a stand-up purist. I love stand-up. But stand-up isn't just about being on stage yeah well that's the thing is I don't feel like I've ever actually strayed from stand-up like I feel like I'm just doing stand-up mm. online as best I can um by yeah like just chatting being myself sharing funny observations I've had that day um and then doing sketches and writing gags in a, in a scripted way and it has always been just towards stand-up and that's why I started stand-up and love stand-up as well is it was that thing of yeah I didn't have to rely on anyone else. I just wrote my material, turned up, was given a microphone, could do it. And I think all, I've always wanted to, yeah, just like, I'm quite impatient as well. So I just want to do it <laughs> and not wait. Um, and yeah, I think it is, it's almost, mm. I'd say what stand-up is for like theatre and performance. I think social media is for like media. You get to be on screen in media, whatever, but you get to do it yourself and then the tv people see it and as i have literally experienced having just done day no filter they put you on tv um which is great <laughs> i don't know why i said this question it's great tv people want funny people 
and and they just need to find out where to find those funny people and you're a funny person which is why your tiktoks are funny and i think some of the problem is there's so much content out there that there will be people putting out things that are meant to be funny but they're not funny people you know and that's um i'm snobby i should really be snobby about funny things and non-funny yeah. things rather I- than the way those funny things i i totally agree yeah there's 100 the percent things that aren't funny on the internet that do do well sometimes and i find it equally frustrating and annoying like i i'm i'm snobby sometimes being like that's not you can't call yourself a comedian that's not comedy or that's not funny <laughs> um but i don't think that's about social media that's just about certain creators yeah. or also certain audiences that aren't that picky when people say i don't like tiktok it's like that's why i don't think they've given it a chance because there's actually some amazing content on tiktok there's little sketches or things i've seen that i'm like that's genius that's it's one of the most creative apps i think because it just some of the people on yeah. there they just do stuff where you're just like that is. but equally anyone's allowed on the app and so <laughs> you're all, there's always gonna be some content you don't like it's like an open mic do you know what i mean anyone's allowed on the bill so <laughs> yeah um during the preamble ricky said that he thought that this could be uh one of the more important episodes of oh captain my captain and annoyingly um again i think he's right and it's it angers me and- i think you need to swap the roles in this podcast <laughs> i think ricky teaches mark <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to the future shut your face and <laughs> shut your face Oh, Captain, my Captain. We're doing... Uh, oh, oh, Ricky, my Ricky. We, uh, we're doing comparing <laughs> soon, so I'll be uh, I'll be back on top. Um, Ricky, is there anything else that you wanted to ask? I'm aware that uh, we, we've we've kept uh, Ms. Clark from, uh, uh, I don't know, forcing her parents to do some sort of uh, flossing or something. One more final question before you disappear and be creative and stand up. Just for all the people out there... Can you give people who are trying to start on social media just a bit of advice on how to do well? Just so it's in one part of the podcast that they can all come back to and remember your luxurious voice. Why, thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think know your audience, be true to your persona and unapologetic for it as well. And then for that audience that you've um, identified, try and be relatable and fun and observational and I do think those things especially at the moment is is what people want um and revel in and also will share with their friends because at the moment you can't really talk to your friends in many ways we've all run out of conversation so being a video that they can share with their friends and laugh about and chat about is is a great way of communicating and being part of conversations and things like that is that good enough? <laughs> <laughs> Abby, thank you so much for talking to us. I think people will will find this useful. I did say at the beginning that I thought some people might look at this particular podcast or this particular episode and go, oh, I'm just going to skip that and I'll listen to ComCom Pod for a day. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I'll skip that episode. I hope people haven't skipped this episode because I genuinely think it's been fascinating and also creatively, and let's face it, that's what we all want to be. Creatively quite important, because if, if you can oh, do captain, it, then brilliant. Um, Abby Clark, thank you very much. Oh,
Thanks for having me. What a lovely way to spend a sunny day. Oh, Captain, my Captain. That was Oh Captain, My Captain. Thank you very much for uh, listening. I hope you found it useful. Um, I think you all know uh, what I'm going to say now, but uh, one of the things when you do podcasts is that uh, basically we want more people to listen to it because we think it's quite useful. Uh, Ricky, people can listen to it. I know they can listen to it on Spotify, and I listen to it myself to hear my own voice on pocket cast where else can people listen in well you can listen in at apple Podcasts. you can listen in at breaker pretty much anywhere you get your podcast really you can also listen to it at google podcasts which i did not know existed until i started doing this but just type in podcasts and wherever you get your podcast it'll be there and to help us um on all of those sites there are ways to subscribe and to review and say nice things correct yeah or unnice things. I mean, <laughs> any attention is good attention on the internet. But yeah, best place to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Just go to our page, scroll to the bottom and leave us a star rating. Tell us what you think. Tell us if you have anything you think we need to improve on. And follow us on Twitter at OCatMyCatPod and subscribe to us on Spotify. Basically, follow us everywhere, except in person, because that wouldn't be good. I mean, unless you're a massive fan. And uh, send in questions if you've got oh, questions, Captain, topics that you want us to talk about. Uh, re, uh, sort of refer us and recommend us to your friends. And I think that is the end of this bit of the podcast, correct? Yes, it is. It really, really is. My captain. My captain.